Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train a coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealer coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Open the doors and bottom and blessings, peace and blessings in the name of the Most High God, the Beneficent, the Most Merciful, the All-Wise, True and Living God, the Originator of the heavens and the earth, the Architect of the universe and all that is in between. We certainly thank him for Moses and the Old Testament, the Torah. We thank him for Jesus and the Gospel, the Injil, the New Testament. And we thank him for Muhammad, peace be upon him, all the worthy servants of Allah and his revelation of the Holy Quran. But if we live to be as old as Methuselah, just short of 1,000 years old, we can never thank him for his merciful intervention in the affairs of men in the person of Master W. Far Muhammad, to whom all praise is due forever, thanking him for finding one and raising one in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, Styled in the volume of the book many different ways as the Lamb of God, one without spot nor blemish, the messenger Messiah, the exalted Christ, and then some. He is the eternal leader of the nation of Islam. 
Certainly and most indeed, we could never thank Master Fahd Muhammad and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad enough for leaving with us in this dispensation of time the criterion, the exponent of excellence. He is the modern-day Jesus in our midst, if you but understood, in the person of the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In those three great yet humble names, I'm honored, brothers and sisters, once again on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness to greet you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in our original tongue, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you, Brother Rudolph, for our listening audience who may not understand that greeting. It simply means in English, peace be unto you, but it also is a prayer that we are offering to you, and the return greeting is as such you're offering it to me or to those who give the greeting. So welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I am your co-host, Brother Youssef Muhammad, along with our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad. We welcome you to another weekly edition where we come before you, Lord willing, inshallah, every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time wanting to give you the latest information that has come across our screen. And as Brother Rudolph off time says, you have to be made aware before you can prepare. That's why this is called Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. We want you to become self-reliant in taking appropriate action in response to any emergency. As our dear brother, the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker would say, we need you to survive. This program promotes awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people into how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you to to determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and to save lives. Our vision is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility for the safety of themselves their family, their neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Once again, we welcome you to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I just thought I'd lay that uh, base assessment, if you will, which is the, you know, uh, uh, critical component of anything that you want to learn in terms of study you lay the base analysis, and then after you learn that, you only know that you learned it when you can apply what it is you think you, you've heard, you've studied, you've learned. So without further delay, let us bring on our dear brother, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, who will give you a welcome and take us further into the program. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. Beginning all things 
in the name of the one God. Now, now, just 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 have patience. Work with me here. In the name of the grand architect of the universe, the one who designed, styled, and implemented the construction as well as the implementation of this world in which we live. To that our heads, and we beseech his greatness and his mercy, because without it, we would not be worthy to receive his blessings. To the grandfather of humanity, of creation, we bow and we humbly come before you, thanking you for all that you have blessed us with and put into existence before we even got here. From the fruit on the trees to the vegetation of the earth, to the nourish ourselves with, to their skins that we use to clothe ourselves, to those animals that we use to help us get our daily tasks done. We thank you for all of those things and more. As I said in the beginning, to the one God who is called by many different names along the planet, but we believe that the highest honor, the the all-encompassing name is Allah. And we believe that he appeared in the person of Master Fard Muhammad, and he came from where he was in Mecca, in paradise. He left there and traveled here over 9,000 miles to the geographic location in which I'm in right now, Detroit, Michigan, to more specifically Black Bottom, Detroit. And he found one to lay upon him a weighty word. He deposited his seed in fertile soil, and he watered it and cared for it as though it was a newborn baby. And that seed sent a shoot down, and then it sent, it sprouted up into a magnificent tree. From that tree, on every branch and bough, there was fruit. And that fruit got deposited in every walk of life. And so if it wasn't for that fruit, If it wasn't for that tree, rather, then the fruit of Muhammad Ali never would have came to fruition. If it wasn't for that tree, the fruit of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan never would have come to fruition. If it wasn't for that tree, out of the other elders from our community that have espoused wisdom, Knowledge and understanding of the time and what must be done would not have come into fruition. So, again, from that one and to that one God, we pay homage, we make obeisance, and we thank him for all that he has done for us, all he has blessed us with. We thank Master Fard Muhammad 
for raising up the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, teaching him, training him, blessing him, protecting him, guiding him, and allowing him to mature and grow into who we know he is today, the risen Christ. And we thank both of them for not leaving the most uh, the honorable Eli, the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, forgive me, alone, but protecting him and empowering him so that he could stand before the so-called power and authority structures of the world and declare to them that Allah is God and that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad is indeed the Christ, and he is the Jesus of this day, of the scriptures that they read in the Bible and other books of scripture. He is that one in human form that is walking in the footsteps of the modern-day Jesus. He is that one that is taking the knot out of the stammering tongue and causing the deaf and the dumb to speak. He is giving sight to the blind. He is that one who is making the lame to walk and to stand up perfectly erect in this day and time. So in those three great names of Master Farad Muhammad, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I Brother Rudolph Muhammad, greet the listeners that's on this line. I greet the family of Muhammad. I greet the well-wishers of Muhammad. I greet the supporters of Muhammad. I even greet the detractors of Muhammad. In the greeting words of peace and paradise of our salam alaykum. Don't start none, won't be none. Brother Yusuf. Wa alaykum salam, sir. Yes, sir, Brother Rudolph. Now, look, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I know you might say, well, what is this? These brothers are opening it up in the name of the Lord. Some of it we understand, other, other, others of it we, we do not, and there may be some of you just certainly disagree. Well, the bottom line is this, with disaster preparedness, brothers and sisters, we would not be worth our salt if we didn't share with you what, makes us high what what you that's right now now look this is just me talking there was a time i was in the world and i used to smoke you know marijuana right when it was illegal now it's almost legal right and then those of us in our cipher in our circle whoever had the best get high you wanted to share it with your brother but now i'm not really smoking no weed no more but i am in tune with the most high and so you, don't you think we want to share it with you, our brothers and our sisters, whether you really understand it or not? Maybe this will help you understand it. When you look at the weather, I'm looking at a program they're putting on the Weather Channel now called Weird Earth. In other words, the weather is so peculiar, rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes in the springtime all over the planet. And so... There is a supreme being that controls rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes. We're just trying to give you a better understanding. When the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says, watch the weather, see the dots. You remember that little game that we used to play, and sometimes the children still play it where you have 
dots yes. on a piece of paper. Right. And then you have to connect the dots in order to see what the big picture is. In other words, what this image is. Right. That's all we're trying to do here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is connect the dots. So not too long ago, there was a leadership summit on climate, the greenhouse gas emissions, they call it, where the White House convened a virtual summit with 40 leaders of the world, the world's biggest economies. Look at that. President Biden said he was going to slash about 50% the greenhouse gas emissions by the year 2030. China is the largest polluted country. And billionaires were at the table of this particular uh, worldwide webinar, including Bill Gates and Bloomberg, former mayor of New York. It was interesting, Brother Rudolph, that no Native Americans were at the table, otherwise known as Indians. And so when you talk about, or they talk about the greenhouse gas emissions and you know, 108 billion tons of carbon dioxide have been released since 1965. It's connecting the dots. The countries of the world are worried about this thing that they can't control. It's taken on a characteristic of its own. And so we want to connect you to the... (laughs) All wise, true, and living God, that's not a mystery. Anyway, let's look at what's happening in the world today. It's all connected. Because when you look at the Israeli and Palestinian conflict, it's really connected to us here in America and our sojourn here in America, taking us from our land, our culture, our mores, and our foe. That's a disaster. I know it's not grammatically correct, and my parents, who were professional educators, they probably would say, you know better than that, son. But I'm saying it this way, Brother (laughs) Rudolph, what's we going to do? What's (laughs) we going to do in this day and time? When you talk about the COVID-19 and it being out of hand worldwide, Argentina just had 35,000 new infections. China's still off the chain. India's still off the chain. But now they're tricking you with what they call vaccine inequity. And so now you've got people who supposedly represent the World Health Organization and supposedly are from Africa. They're saying it's, it's vaccine inequity. We need to get more vaccines here. So don't say that we did not warn you. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, this is part of the trick bag because, you know, Brother Rudolph, you oftentimes say during a disaster, there are people who become very profitable when the disaster strikes. And they just reported that in this past year, during this COVID slash vaccine year, Nine billionaires have been made. Nine billionaires. People are making money off of this, these tricks and outright lies. 
outright lies. So why connect the spiritual with the physical? The Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that for every physical reality, there's a spiritual counterpart. And he told the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan one day, you can't even fathom the depths of what Satan will do to stay in control. So anyway, that seems like maybe out there for you, major out there, like too heavy. Well, what about something simple as we so busy just trying to live, survive, deal with the vicissitudes of life, deal with struggle? Some of us, <laughs> something as simple as keeping your driver's license in good standing, if you will, becomes something that's not a great priority. Something as simple as keeping the registration of your car up to date. You're so busy striving to do other things in order to survive, you forget certain things and with the uh, police brutality that's going on around the country, it's not a good look to be pulled over in court without your license being active and your registration and or inspection being out of date. What do you think, Brother Rudolph? Man, I, I, brother, you 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 said a mouthful right there. Look, look, it's that confession is good for the soul. So Brother Rudolph is that's about right. to say something, you know. I'm not confessing to you that are listening, but you that are listening may be able to gain a benefit from has done or has done as our prayer that we said, surely I have been greatly unjust to myself, and I confess my faults. Well, I've been unjust to myself and not keeping up with my um, ideas I should have, and so now I'm a prisoner of my own reality. I am under siege in Detroit because I can't leave this geographic concentration camp that I'm now in because I have no legal ID as to who I am because I've applied to renew my driver's license in January and didn't even think anything else of it until I was about to try and go to the airport and fly last week to uh, Houston, I mean, to, and realize I'm walking around with an expired driver's license in my pocket and no new driver's license. Now, I have my military, my uh, VA card, which is supposed to be, and now, now look at this. Look, look, look at how wicked this is. You, uh, my VA ID is supposed to be real ID. It's on the TSA website. It says I'm supposed to be able to use it as legal ID. It's from the United States government. It's from the United States military. Who else could vouch for a person, you know, especially one who has served their time in the military, got my DD-214, got my ID, picture ID, everything. They don't accept it. So, you know, one branch of government, it is denouncing the other breath. So that's Satan casting out Satan. But I'm caught in the middle of it. So, you know, praise be to Allah. I'm a victim of my own circumstances. Can't blame nobody but me. So as we used to say in the uh, in the church, Brother Yusuf, 
It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing <laughs> in the need of prayer. <laughs> That's right. Well, not my well, mother, well, not how my father, but me, oh Lord. Yeah. Yes, sir. Aren't we all standing in the need of prayer? We can't get yes, away sir. from that spiritual, can we? We sure can't get away from it. But guess what, brothers and sisters, more and more ladies and gentlemen, go on. It's, a, it's about yeah. practical application. Yes, sir. So That's right. How do we uh, how do we reduce that from happening to us coming in the future? I know they say these phones we have in our pockets are called smartphones. So they have certain apps, I believe, on it that can remind us right. once we identify, okay, our license is due at such and such a date. Why not put in our phones an alarm system that will remind us, boom, in two weeks, you got to get your license renewed. In two Smart weeks, phones. you got to get Smart your inspection Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just trying to come up with, with, with certain <laughs> solutions so that doesn't happen to not our listening audience because they're, in too, they're too intelligent for that to have happened to them. But for you, you know, and I, I dummies like you me, and I. Brother Houston. <laughs> yeah, me too. Them, brother, do they have one of them black and yellow books, smartphones for dummies? <laughs> <laughs> They probably do with footnotes, brother. We need to with footnotes with the big fonts, with the big letters. Right. But, yes, right. Br- brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, if that has ever happened to you, moving forward, let's indicate, let's, let's, let's find the proper app on our phones so we can remind ourselves, okay, our license needs to be renewed by such and such date, our inspection and 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 you know, it becomes even compounded when you have more than one vehicle. Oh yeah. You see, so you know we're trying to deal with the vicissitudes of life, the ups and downs, the all arounds, the struggles, the strife, and something as simple as that can become a major disaster when you hear whoop whoop. That's the sound of the beast. And you'd be like, all right, license registration. Damn. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Then you get to be like Ralph Cramden. A humana, humana, humana. (laughs) You got to laugh to keep from crying. But no, brothers and sisters, we owe it to ourselves and our families to make sure all of our. You know, identification is in order. It's critically important. Our ID, because that's one of the the portals that they will use to get us into their crosshairs. And once you're in the devil's crosshairs, only, only the God can see. Because, well, brothers and sisters, see. You know, when you can't fathom the depths of his wickedness, how do you prepare or defend against something that you never saw coming? Imagine that. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness 
uh, feel free to call in at 563-999-3089. You can press 1 on your phone pad to come into the studio. We got our dear sister, Sister Madea, as our engineer, the daughter of Brother Forrest and Sister Yvette, who's also, you know, attending Brown University. Shout out to her. Congratulations to her. For her yeah. accomplishments, all praise is due. All praise is due, you That's know, right. to have her hold it down for us today. So press uh, star one on your phone pad. You can come into the studio and ask any questions, uh, comments, any statements you, you might have, uh, uh, um, constructive criticism you might have as well. We, we love to hear constructive criticism because that only makes us better. As co-hosts, right. you know, if there's any subject that we're not touching on that you would like to know about, that's right. Certainly, we'd love right. to hear from you. That, uh, including you, Sister Medea, if there's something on your mind relative to disaster preparedness or what's going on on campus that we might not know about, and uh, you know, Brother Rudolph and I were before the program started were affectionately saying to our dear sister. You know, we need to come on campus and let, you know, her colleagues, her her peers know that she has a couple of uncles that um, make uh, Will Smith and and, and Martin Lawrence on Bad Boys look look tame. But uh, at the same time, there may be some other things that's going on on campus we don't know about, Sister Medea, that, um, you know, we know uh, uh, um, uh, sexual abuse, Human trafficking is at an all-time high, and, uh, you know, I'm sure the security there at Brown is doing everything in their possibility to, you know, make the students safe, as well as all the campuses all around. But for a person who wants to do some some, some mischievous stuff, you know, that's they, they always have a way to hack in, in other words, using some computer terms. But, uh, yeah, brothers and sisters, feel free. Uh, again, to share with your database, your network, uh, that uh, they can call in at 563-999-3089 or log on to blogtalkradio.com forward slash black hole radio, whole spelled W-H-O-L-E, radio forward slash D-A-C-P. We're at the bottom of the hour as we move forward in the next hour and a half. And, uh, you know, again, we can't get away from uh, the, the, the COVID versus the vaccines. And whether we're talking about, I mean, there's so much technology in the game. I just saw a news report, Brother Rudolph, that it was the state of New York, but it, it could be other states as well. They're offering people lotto tickets, lottery tickets and whatnot to, to get their vaccine. And, you know, uh, it's 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 been a political ping-pong, whether or not uh, different states uh, want to have uh, what they call it, vaccine passports or whatnot to prove that you took the vaccine in order to travel. You're talking about uh, 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 you being um, in prison in the state because of not having that ID, but, you know, there are various ways to this thing where um, they want to put certain communities under siege. You know, yes, sir. Uh, 
in the final call of this week. It says, tricky vaccine treats are good old-fashioned bribery. So we got to be careful, brothers and sisters, not to mention the history from Tuskegee to COVID-19, the program of black genocide, to some people, appears to be unchanged. And so you make your own choice, brothers and sisters. We're not taking it, but uh, it's like I did Brother Gil Scott Heron used to say, Tuskegee 626, scientists getting their kicks, where brothers you dig are guinea pigs for vicious experiments. And not only brothers, it's sisters, because they realize the sisters are the mothers who birthed the new nation. What they say, if you educate a man, you educate an individual. But you educate a, a woman, you educate a nation. So if they can get to the female, both mentally and we don't know what those nanoparticles are doing to the fetus of pregnant women, and we're not getting accurate count on, you know, the negative effects and even death of those who are taking the vaccines. Brother Rudolph, I know that's your purview. I'm going to fall back, brother, and have you expound on what we need to know, beloved. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm just going to put out there, I'm not telling nobody not to take the vaccine. If you want to take it, take it. I'm not telling you to take it. If you want to take it, take it. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. What I'm saying to you is, Brother Yusuf, remember back in the day now, back in the day, when uh, MFSB had that song out, um, um, Love is the Message, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the break used to come on. And what we used to say, study your lessons. Yeah, study your lessons. <laughs> study your, the lessons of history because mm-hmm. they will not steer you wrong. How is it that in 2021, where they're killing black men and women wholesale, you think that they're going to do something for you to protect your life? Who thinks something like that? I mean, where would you Mm -hmm. get a thought like that? These are the same people who less than 100 years ago were hanging us on trees. These are the same people who, after church on Sunday, would go out, would get in their Range Rovers and their Pathfinders and their uh, 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 Navigators and go out and pick a nigga to lynch. And you still going on picnic. These Mm -hmm. are the same people who would take a darker-skinned individual, and for the sheer amusement of it, hang them from the bough of a tree and strip the flesh from his body while he was still alive. These are the same individuals that would cut off his body parts and put them in pickle jars and set them on the counters of their local stores. These are the same individuals that would take our sisters eight and nine months pregnant and do some of the most wicked experiments. 
experiments on them with no anesthesia, these are these same individuals. And then the children of these individuals that benefited from our parents and grandparents' 400 years of free labor, so now they're living the life of luxury now because of the sacrifices of our forefathers. These are the same ones who cannot understand why we mad, who they say they can't understand what has us so enraged, why we're so uh, um, obstructive to things, or why we, there's so much rage in some of us. Yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I work in an emergency room, and I and watching people come in every day of all ages, but mainly younger people now over the last six, seven, eight months. Younger people between the ages of 20, let's say four, and maybe 40, coming in and dying wholesale. The elderly ones, they're walking out of the hospitals now. But these are the same people that are coming in bragging oh, well, I had my first shot, I had my second shot, and then within 24 to 72 hours of that shot, now they're coming into the emergency room with all kind of manifestations of illness. And no one wants to dare say it with all the data that's coming into the healthcare community. No one would dare put that data together and say that this stuff is coming because of those vaccines. But yet, you could say that the obesity, the hypertension, uh, the diabetes that's in the black community comes because black people eat the wrong kind of food. Well, black communities are food deserts. There's no uh, uh, correlation there. Now, I'm talking to all of you with those degrees on your wall that went to all those fabulous, fine institutions of learning that got all of those philosophical degrees from putting the theorems of relativity together and adding up the X's and Y's on both sides of the equation and reducing it to its lowest common denominator, you don't see the irony in all of it. But you're talking to a man with a GED. So obviously I can't see what you see because you're so high above me intellectually. I can only deal with my realm of reality, which is down here. But something just doesn't seem right to me. But, you know, Brother Yusuf, again, this is just me. I'm the one that when they come into the emergency room, I'm checking their vital signs. I'm taking their temperature. I'm watching them cough up lungs. I'm swabbing their nose for COVID and swabbing their mouth and, and, and sending the stuff off to the lab and watching the results as they come back. I'm the same one that, 
Some of these are repeat patients that have been coming in for a, 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 a period of time. So I know what their history is. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just find it very ironic that the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, the people who are sanctioned by the government to thumbs up or thumbs down anything that's on the market that's going out to the general public to ensure that it's supposed to be safe for public consumption. That same entity has not given its stamp of approval on any of these vaccines yet. Okay, you say that again. That the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, the entity that is charged and commissioned with the responsibility of ensuring that any product or product that are giving out to the general public in society is safe for human consumption. They have not given their seal of approval on any of these vaccines that the government, the same government is pushing and strong-arming people to take. You are telling people that the, the drug companies are indemnified, or meaning, meaning, let me break that down and, and speak in words, that we can understand in the project, okay, that you can't sue when you take that shot and, you're, and you wake up like a, 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 a Kadeem Hardison from a Vampire in Brooklyn where your ear fall off mm. or where you end up with Bell's palsy or where you right. end up with diabolical malformation of your, or disfigurement within your body based off of what they have injected you with, you can't sue the government. And now that family who that breadwinner is no longer able to do it, that whole family is now suffering because the breadwinner of the family has been taken down. And there's no one that you can go to to seek redress because the government says you can't sue the institution that gave you that poison and then the government itself is not going to undertake the responsibility of caring for that family so that whole family now falls if it's possible to even do falls further below the poverty line than they already were imagine that that's what i thought you said brother rudolph i thank you brother for repeating that and don't yes, get yes. it twisted, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. We're not against vaccines. We're against this experimental vaccine because the FDA has not approved it, and for other reasons as well. Brother Rudolph talked about the history. He laid a whole lot out for us to ponder, to chew on, to masticate, and then to digest. Hopefully you understand what he's saying, and I have to say on behalf of my experience in working with Brother Rudolph, he's so humble. He plays down his level of expertise, his experience, his uh, 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 academic and intellectual acumen, if you will. But the brother has over 30 years' experience in the emergency medical services. That's nothing to play with. 
So he knows what he's talking about. He knows I know what I'm talking about. I don't know much either. My humility is going to break in. In fact, I know very little, but what it is I do know, I'm going to share with you because we never want you to come back to us and say to Brother Rudolph and Brother Yusuf, how come you didn't tell us this was going to go down or is going down the way it's going down? So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for sharing that. We're going to come back to you. But uh, brothers and sisters, I hope you don't mind if I share with you a public service announcement. Now, in listening to, you know, what we do, we, 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 we share out of the love we have for you, the love we have for our family, the love we have for each other. And when you talk about that, you can't help but to think about the children. And Brother Rudolph and I, you know, as you may know, lyrics mean a lot to us. And there's a song, you mentioned Brother Muhammad Ali earlier, in your salutation, uh, your explanation of your salutation earlier, Brother Rudolph, and there was a song written for him for a movie that uh, was a testament to his life, and that song was called The Greatest Love of All, first performed by George Benson, and then a remake by Whitney Houston. May Allah be pleased with her. But the lyrics say, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride. To make it easier, let the children's laughter remind us of how we used to be. And, of course, you know, Brother Rudolph and Brother Forrest labeled me as the pastor of disaster. And That's right. We, we, we mess with Brother Rudolph, and we call him the disciple or the deacon of doom. But you got to have <laughs> levity in this kind of work. You know, we've seen people die in our arms. We've That's been, right. You know, in the emergency medical fields, the fire service rescue professions, and, you know, we've seen things that, you know, um, we don't wish for you to see. But at the same time, in terms of lyrics, you know, Marvin Gaye had us on that prolific album, What's Going On? He had a song called Save the Children. That's right. The yes, gospel sir. singer Yolanda Adams, she has a song, What About the Children? Gil Scott Heron had a similar song. Save the children, what about the children? So I said all that to lead into this with my public service announcement. There's a group called the Children's Health Defense, and um, they're about to have a COVID town hall meeting on this Tuesday coming, May 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Topics will be how black and Latino communities are targeted with misinformation and impact of COVID vaccines on them. Another point that will be discussed, whether strict measurements undertaken to combat the pandemic in states such as New York helped or harmed their residents. 
Another point will be perspectives on the impact of lockdowns, school closures, and other policies on children. Another point will be the statistical data and insights on rates of illness, illness, pardon me, deaths, and the accuracy of PCR tests and failure of the government's reporting systems. And the last point for this upcoming COVID town hall meeting on Tuesday, May 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern is the latest information on COVID vaccines, including reported injuries and death, including most recent data from the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, otherwise known as VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. The speakers include Dr. Aleem Muhammad, Lawrence Palevsky, Dr. Dr. Carrie Majid, Dr. Dave Raznick, Attorney Mary Holland, Alex Mayer, and Brother Malik Saeed, formerly known as Brother Tony Muhammad, and many more. The Children's Health Defense coordinated this event with Autism Action Network, Family Freedom Alliance, and New York Alliance for Vaccine Rights. Um, I'll send it to Brother Rudolph, but if you go to the Children's Health Defense website, the information we just shared with you will be, you know, at arm's length, at click's length, if you will, if you choose to register to be a part of this COVID town hall meeting on Tuesday, May 24. Now, Brother Rudolph, when it talks about the statistical data and insights on rates of illness, deaths, and accuracy of PCR tests, can you tell us what PCR tests are? No, sir. No, I can't. What I could tell okay. you is, what I could tell you is this: there are several different types of tests that they use in order to determine whether a person is positive or negative for the COVID-19 virus. There's an antigen test. There's a PCR test. There's a blood test. Um, So there there are different types of tests that can be done. The one thing that is consistent with all of the tests, because we don't have our own independent lab there's really no way for us to check the results of those tests. Mm -hmm. The care or the custody, the chain of custody, uh, 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 let me break that down a little. From the time I come to your bedside, take the swab and swab you, and then that test gets to the lab for them to do whatever they're going to do with it. What is the chain of custody? Who
who else has come into contact with you? Is that actually your specimen that has gotten to the lab? How do you know that? Is it labeled right in front of you at the bedside? Do from the after they take it from you right there, do they hand walk it to the lab and pass it off to the technician that's going to take it, or do they put it in one of those silo tubes and press the button and it goes up through the uh, um, uh, uh, air tube to somewhere else and maybe gets intercepted and switched. I know you, you're, you're crazy. You're saying, brother, you're crazy. You're talking all this conspiracy stuff. No, I'm telling you actual fact because I work in a hospital. And I'm Go telling ahead. you that uh, how many times do specimens get sat down because the person, something else happens, and they say to themselves, oh, let me set this right here. I'm going to get right back to it. And they go do a, go off doing something else and get pulled from that to do something else, get pulled from that to do something else. Three hours later, this specimen <laughs> is still sitting where they left it, or somebody else has picked it up and done something with it, and now they have to come sw- test you again because killer one is gone. I'm just telling you. These are just things that happen. Human, this is just humanity working in the medical field. Remember, the doctors, the nurses, the technicians that work there, they're human beings. And because of the shortage, we're all overworked. Imagine working 12-hour shifts four or five days a week. Imagine a nurse having a ratio of 7 to 10 or more patients, and I'm talking critically ill patients, that she has to work with for 10 to 12 hours. Imagine a healthcare worker not getting a break 12-hour shift because there's no one to relieve them, and if they step away from any one of their patients, they could code any minute because you have patients that are intubated or patients that should be in an ICU setting, but because the hospitals are so full, they're treating them right there in the emergency room. People are laying in bed for 24, 36, 48 hours in the emergency room. So these are just things that are happening. You have first, second, third-year residents that are running around seeing patients and doing what student doctors need to be doing. Some of them are so arrogant in their, within themselves that they think they are the end-all, be-all. They don't even listen to their patient. They're dictating to the patient what needs to be done, but they're not listening for what the patient is telling them. I, when I first got into the medical field by a very wise doctor, Dr. Gerald Dees, used to mm. do house calls in New York City. He was one, uh, yeah. he was one of the uh, um, uh, um, leaders or head doctors of SUNY Downstate that was a training uh, facility for doctors. He, all, he used to come at, to us as EMTs at the Bedside Volunteer Ambulance Corps, and he would give us our CMEs or Continual Medical Education lectures. 
And he would always tell us, treat the patient, not the monitor. Mm. It's one thing to see the numbers on the monitor. It's another thing to talk to your patient and see what's going on with your patient. Because a lot of times the numbers on the monitor don't add up or don't justify what's actually going on with your patient. And unless you talk to your patient and get the full history of your patient, you don't understand what that patient is going through, what a day in the life of that patient is, what they, the struggle that they go through just to make ends meet. So the stress level that's on them, that accelerates whatever medical condition they have. The chemical reactions that go on in the patients because of the toxic medications that they're on and what they call polypharmacy, when a patient is on five or more prescribed medications. And some patients just go ahead and take all five medications at one time, not realizing that you're playing chemical roulette with your life because some of these medications should not interact with the others. Some you need to take now, and then you have to wait two hours to take another one. Some you take on an empty stomach. Some you must take with food. You know, the, all of these things, most patients don't understand all of that, and so they do what's easiest for them. So the ignorance of the patient to their own condition plays a big part in it, too. So, you know, I know that's getting off or a little off track of what you asked, Brother Yusuf, but it, it just it just came out. No, Brother Rudolph, I mean, I asked because I didn't know, but the fact that you were led to share what you shared, Brother, was priceless. I pray that our listening audience uh, heard what you said, and I'm sure if they are listening, they'll be uh, – um, better educated as to what you experience on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, for those of us who are not in that, what this world is calling uh, uh, essential environment to deal with those patients. And if nothing else for me, brother, you brought up Dr. D's. And, you know, for us being in the New York area, brother, oh, God be pleased with Dr. D's, man. What a yes, beautiful... Sir. Like your father, you know, Commander yeah. Robinson. What, what beautiful men that helped yes, us, sir. you know, helped us to get to where, you know, we are today. That's and we'll right. We'll be forever thankful, forever thankful. Uh, look, brothers and sisters, uh, as we're at the top of the hour at uh, 4:59 p.m. Eastern t- uh, Standard Time, I want to uh, give you the proper website to go to if you're interested in being. Uh, engaged in that town hall meeting that I just spoke of. It's uh, Children's Health Defense, capital C, capital H, capital D, childrenshealthdefense.org, okay? And uh, their um, mission statement is to end the childhood health epidemics by working aggressively to eliminate harmful exposures, hold those responsible accountable, 
and establish safeguards to prevent further harms. Again, that's childrenshealthdefense.org. They're located in Peachtree City, Georgia, 1227 North Peachtree Parkway, Suite 202. Well, there's so much going on again, brothers and sisters. If you desire to call in and uh, give us a topic that we should and our listening audience should be concerned about, I know the last time we were here live a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the uh, retreat that the 10,000 fearless CERT teams, inner city CERT team in Austin, Texas, was having. I don't know if you got a report from that, Brother Rudolph, but that's something that we need to expound on. Uh, again, we oftentimes say how important music is to us, not just the lyrics, but the music is something that will, you know, keep us calm during disaster, whether you have access to an iPod or iPad or whether you're just humming your favorite tune in the midst of a disaster. Music helps. Music heals. Uh, Brother Rudolph talked about MFSB, mother, father, sister, brother, thinking about your family and their music. Cool and the gang would say, music is the message that sings universal love for one and all, a message for all seasons, winter, summer, spring, and fall, y'all. And so uh, I think it was Stevie Wonder who said, Brother Rudolph, that uh, – Music is love in search of the word. So we're grateful for the music. And speaking of that, I don't know if our listening audience has had a chance to uh, see the Ludwig von Beethoven Concerto by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan giving a gift of music, something he performed in the year 2002. And uh, we were blessed to, to see that after, you know, again, Satan tried to interrupt the shenanigans and uh, tried to destroy that concert. But um, I believe if you go on YouTube, brothers and sisters, you can see it for yourself. And uh, I got a colleague who said uh, when he viewed it, he listened to it. It was actually, he used the word undefinable, wow. undefinable. So I'm not going to try to define it for you, brothers and sisters. I'm just going to pull your coat and ask you to go to YouTube and try to see that concerto by Ludwig von Beethoven performed by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on violin back in 2002. Trust and believe, if nothing else, it's going to be healing for you, and that's just something that you need to consider in terms of any disaster, that you play that's music right. that will be healing to your soul to get you through whatever catastrophe that you're experiencing. And as we speak of that, I want to uh, give a shout-out to our dear brother, Brother Chief John Austin, of the New Haven Fire Department, Connecticut, who, uh, as a chief, experienced what no chief really wants to experience. Within a matter of a week, he lost two firefighters, wow. one in the line of duty, 
and one who committed suicide. Oh. And these were two two young black men. And so, uh, you know, one of the, pa- the, the, the pastor who uh, gave the eulogy, his message was, it's okay to be okay. In other words, a lot of our young black men are going through things, and women too, right. that they keep it close to their chest. And nobody knows exactly what they're going through. But if, in fact, we know somebody like that and we look for the signs, we may be able to help someone because when something like that happens to a loved one, someone close to you, then you begin second-guessing yourself and wondering what you could do. But our hearts go out to the community in New Haven, Connecticut, Brother Chief John Austin, who's been on this program many a time, uh, just wanted to share that, you know. Um, you know, Brother Abdul Hafiz Muhammad used to reiterate the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, who would say, if you don't want to die, then you should never be born. And so we all come into the world at an appointed time. We all will leave this world. But it's what we do while we're here. For those who have left the world and have become ancestors, shout out to uh, Leroy Norwood. Two weeks ago, I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, offering my respects and condolences to his family. He was uh, one of the founders. As we talked about Dr. Dees and Commander Robinson, he was one of the, the OGs, the original gods in the fire service. Yes, sir. The National Association of Black Professional Firefighters, who, if I could uh, apply a term to this brother's uh, work on earth in terms of what I experienced in working with him, I told his family, I would say it's love that was based on duty. Love that was based on duty. So may Allah be pleased with him. Uh, we understand our dear brother, comedian Paul Mooney, passed away the other day. Right. Yes, sir. As a result of a heart attack. Uh, but in his comedy, he was so straight, no chaser, as they say. Yes, sir. And there was a lot of supreme wisdom <laughs> in <laughs> what brother would share with the world. And I understand the last book that he had published is entitled Black is the New White. And so I didn't read the book, but I kind of have an idea of what that means based on his comedy, based on, you know, too many of us being hoodwinked, tricked, and bamboozled, right? Right. Or as the Bible says, we've gotten leprosy, not white-skinnedness, but white-mindedness. And then a childhood friend of mine, uh, just lost his wife uh, to cancer, um, I found out last Thursday. So may Allah be pleased with all of them. Um, it's just a cycle of life, brothers and sisters, that we come into the world and at an appointed term. You know, it's God who gives life and he causes death. And when he decrees an affair, he says, kum fayyuk kum, be. And it is. So whenever we lose a loved one, we say, from God we come and to God we shall return. May God be pleased with the daily departed life on earth. And in fact, 
I don't know if anybody's ever been to a janazo or funeral service. The Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad instituted the tasting of a peppermint. Yes. And when you open that peppermint up, the crackling of the cellophane represents the struggles of life of that person. But when you taste the sweetness, it's to remind you of the sweetness of your relationship with that person. And, you know, the peppermint, even when it dissolves, the sweetness lingers. And so uh, there's an African proverb that says, as long as that person's life linger in our memory, death will never find us thinking that they are dead. And it, 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 it parallels that ayat in the Quran, the Holy Quran, when one is die, uh, dies or is slain in the way of Allah, no, they're not dead. We just perceive not. And right. so just wanted to give a shout-out to those, you know, we're going to keep it positive. This is just all the cycles of life, you know. We keep it real here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. So I'm going to fall back, but I wanted to give shout-out to those who uh, meant something to us, were no longer with us, and, you know, just the way, different ways of, uh, you know, the, 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 the people have transitioned, um, you know, it's critically important, critically important. I know, Brother Rudolph, I don't know if you or your wife are auditors in terms of Dianetics and helping those who may be going through something and who's not going through something <laughs> right. is really the question. There you go. You know, That's right. it's the way we handle it. So what would you suggest, Brother Rudolph? I'll I, I fall back and let you pick up wherever law is guiding you, sir. Oh, man, man, man. You know, uh, no, I'm not an auditor in, the, in that sense where I audit other people, but I used to be a CISD, crisis incident um, peer coordinator when I was with the fire department. And one of the things that um, we learned was that um, on a day-to-day basis, you know, we are, like you said, we all are going through something. And generally it only takes one circumstance or one incident to push mm-hmm. somebody over the line. We're all teetering. Like uh, uh, brother, uh, <laughs> our brother, uh, brother Abdul Hafiz Muhammad used to say, we all got one foot on solid ground and one foot on the banana peel, you know. That's right. And what I would offer to people is this. You have to be able to find something that gives you great pleasure in doing it, and you have to steal away time every day. And find yourself doing that thing so that you can heal your soul. Mm -hmm. Second thing is, which really is the first thing, you have to have an intimate relationship with Rabil Alameen. Right. You have to have a spiritual connection with the one who is responsible for your and my existence. Whatever you want to call them, you call them. But you have to have that 
intimate relationship with that entity where you can find solace and contentment of mind in your meditation or communication with and there's no formal way of doing it. I'm not saying that you have to stop what you're doing and mix a lot. I'm not saying that you have to do any uh go through any of the rituals of organized religious customs. You just have to go into the inner recesses of your own heart and mind and connect with your with that power. And bear your soul to that power and allow that power to heal you and strengthen you enough to go another day. See, remember, if Allah wakes you up tomorrow, it's a blessing. And that means there's something you got to do. Your work is not done yet. And so you have to figure out what it is, what the scripture says, blessed is the man who knows his purpose and is found doing it. Well, the only way you're going to know what your purpose for being here is, is to contact the author of your existence. If you're driving a Cadillac and something happened to the Cadillac, do you take it to a Chevy dealer? Do you take it to Pookie? Well, some of us do take it to Pookie around the corner, you know, and then we... Uh, 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 bitch and scream, excuse my French, um, you know, when he messes up the car, but you took it there seeking a quick fix rather than going to the owner's manual and taking it to someone that specializes in that particular automobile. Well, this automobile that we're driving or riding in right now designed by the God. So if there's an issue with us, who better than the God to advise us on what to do, to direct us on where we should go, and to help us out of whatever crisis we have put ourselves into? Because make no mistake about it, if we're in a crisis, God didn't put us in the crisis. We put ourselves in the crisis by the decisions that we make. And so we have to be wise enough to understand that we are not the all-wise and the all-powerful and that we need help. And then we have to be strong enough. Don't, don't get it twisted, people that's listening, and let the young people know this. It don't mean that you're weak to ask for help. That's right. Only a strong man will ask for help. The weak one will hide the fact that he needs help until the stuff hits the fan and the fan is on high. No, reach out and get the help that you need so that you do not become a victim of your own doing. So again, what advice would I give? Take time out of every day to meditate. Calm your spirit. Feed your spirit. Feed your soul. And then after you do that, find someone, somewhere, something that you can help 
And again, I thank Almighty God Allah that I have the job that I have because whenever I get down on myself and start going through that pity party and the woe is me, Allah gives me that next call and lets me see. Oh, you think you got it bad? Here, here, right. look at this. Brother Yusuf, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when yes, you, you know, you, you, you have in that day and then that alarm goes off and you respond to that call and then you looking around and, and, and oh, my God. Make you forget all about whatever you was uh, 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 contemplating or, or, or arguing about 20 minutes prior. That's right. You know, yeah, yeah. so, you know, you you got to get involved. <laughs> you know, I'll say this to people who are not doing it already. There are so many causes out here that you can get involved in on a volunteer basis where you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't realize, they don't think, they don't believe that they have knowledge and wisdom of something that would benefit somebody else. And you don't understand what Allah has already deposited in you until you put yourself in a situation where you're around people who need what you have. So we should always be found giving back. Some people call it uh, uh, acts of random kindness. You know, mm-hmm. some, some people call it paying it forward. Whatever you want to call it, but it's understanding that to whom much is given, much is required. That's right. And the way that you heal your soul is by serving humanity. And the more you serve humanity, the more blessings will be heaped upon you because you are helping Allah's creation in an area and a time when they cannot help themselves. So you're being used by God as as we know, it says, God comes to man through man for the benefit of man. Well, what a right. blessing it is to be the entity that God operates in, on, and through for the benefit of someone else. But you have to be a humble person to do that. You can't be haughty and arrogant. And this is why we say, alhamdulillah. That's right. Pass that that right on when people start heaving work, good words and you know uh, 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 showering us with blessings. We uh, pass it right on because it's not for my shoulders. Because if it wasn't for Allah, I'd be a babbling idiot. I'd be a fool, the fool I was yesterday, thinking that I knew something. So you know, I, I, I just throw that out there, brother Yusuf. Um, that's all I have. No, that's critically important, you know, because in listening to you, when you used to be that uh, person uh, involved with dealing with the post-traumatic stress disorder of your colleagues after certain alarms that they may uh, return yes, back to the station with, it's critically important. You know, what it does is gives us an opportunity to increase our listening skills 
because there's nothing we really have to say. We just need to listen to what that person is going through and let that person ventilate. You know, I often use the analogy, uh, Brother Rudolph, that as a firefighter, when you respond to an alarm and it's a structural fire, the first thing you have to do before you can uh, put the fire out is make sure that the building is properly ventilated. That's right. See, when you equate that to human beings, you know, a lot of us, we suppress what depresses us ever since childhood. We act as though it's not there. We use uh, certain substances to, you know, for lack of a better description, (coughs) pardon me, it becomes a Band-Aid approach to a hemorrhaging elephant. If we think we can drown out our trauma, our childhood trauma with, you know, drugs or alcohol or whatever it may be. But it's only when certain situations arise, certain circumstances confront us, that we end up imploding or hurting the persons who are closest to us because we haven't actually handled what we thought we handled. That's right. And so how do you parallel that to going to a structural fire? You know, people think that when someone dies in a fire, it's the fire that burns them, that kills them. No, it's usually the poisonous gases that choke them out. I believe the word is asphyxiation. Yes, sir. That chokes out the human being, that kills the person before the fire actually burns them. And so look at what it is. As a firefighter, we get dispatched to a particular property. Remember now, before we can put the wet stuff on the red stuff, the building has to be properly ventilated. So how do we as human human beings properly ventilate poisonous gases that have been built up in us since childhood? As you said, Brother Rudolph, you thank Almighty God Allah for prayer, for the discipline that we've been given, our way of devotion to help us get to the next moment, not to mention our circumstance. You think you have a horror story to tell, and you might break out your violin with the woe is me melody, and then you go to another alarm or you listen to the next person's trial and tribulation, and you realize yours ain't as bad as you thought it was. Right. Right? Right. So you go into the fire. If, in fact, you don't ventilate the windows or the doors, breach them, then eventually what happens is the poisonous gases build up and the building ventilates itself. It's called spontaneous combustion. (laughs) And it's the same thing with us as human beings. If we haven't dealt with them poisonous gases since we were children and now we're in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, eventually you're going to spontaneously combust 
because you haven't found a way. You haven't been able to find a support system to be able to share what it is you're going through that they may have shared the same thing. The pastor said in brother's funeral, it's okay not to be okay. Right. That's right. You know, we we affectionately say, but we telling the truth. How you feel today, brother? Well, you know, you might say, I'm good, brother, I'm fine. But the reality is you might even say, I'm dysfunctional as hell. (laughs) And so is my family. But I say I'm at the front of the list. That's why I'm in the ranks, because I realize I'm dysfunctional as hell. Yes, sir. I'm sick as hell, but I recognize who the doctor is, who the healer is, who has the right prescription. We just came out of 30 days of the Muslim month of Ramadan. Right. And in that scripture it says fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you that you may stay away or guard yourself from evil. We thank Allah for the Holy Quran and the man who showed us the interpretation of the book. That's healing for us. We thank him that he gave us the prayer, O Allah, God, we seek thy refuge from anxiety and grief. And grief. Lack of strength and laziness. Cowardice and niggardliness, which means stingy. To whom much is given, much is required, you say. Being overpowered by debt and the oppression of men, O Allah, suffice thou me with what is lawful to keep me away from that which is prohibited and with thy grace, undeserved kindness, make me free of want of what is beside thee. I mean, this is healing for us because otherwise we'd end up hurting ourselves or hurting someone closest to us of all of the things that we've been through that we've seen. And so that's for those, I thank Allah for you, Brother Rudolph, that you would share your experience of being that counselor dealing with that post-incident stress disorder or syndrome or whatever you want to call it. I know our dear sister Nana Pat Newton, may Allah be pleased with her, of the black psychiatrist. She says the difference between a syndrome and a disorder. Don't say syndrome, say disorder. Because we're out of order as a people. Right. It's the laws of the universe. We're out of order. And so, brothers and sisters, if, if there's anyone in our listening audience who may be going through something, reach out to someone and share what's on your heart. Because life is worth living. I know. I've been there before. As a young person, I bear witness. I wanted to commit suicide. But I thank Allah for my parents, and I thank Allah for the brother who I just said lost his wife, his parents, that they made me realize at that time life was worth living. And, you know, had the fate been different, then I certainly wouldn't have been on this program sharing with you my personal experience. But you need to find someone, you know, to reach out to. And whoever you reach out to, they just need to be quiet, be still, and let them uh, listen to you that you may share with them whatever it is you're going through because life is worth living. 
This is Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness as we're entering into the last half hour. Um, you know, this mental illness piece is a heavy piece, but also with those family members, Brother Rudolph, who have lost loved ones on the other side, you know, the the quote-unquote subject matter experts of this world, they talk about the five stages of grief, that, that denial, that anger, the bargaining, oppression, and the acceptance are all a part of a framework that makes up, you know, our learning to live with the one we did lose. You know, we need to tap in again to those who have expertise in it, whether you're an auditor of Dianetics, whether you're part of the All Healers Mental Health Alliance, shout out to Dr. Nell Prim and the groups that she works with, the uh, Association of Black Psychologists, the uh, Black Psychiatrists of America, the Black Social Workers, you know, all of these just the mental health workers who may not belong to any particular national organization, but they've been blessed by Allah just to be healers. You know, I can I can go into a drum circle, Brother Rudolph, and just the drummers playing the polyrhythms of the motherland, there's healing in that. You can go into a art gallery and the colors of the pictures or the sculptures or the other artwork, there's healing in that. And then again, whether it's holistic medicine or you need something else that is available to you to bring healing, then there's healing in that. It reminds me of the quote of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad where he says, the science of music, medicine, and color is at the root of all religion of God is at the root of all the science of medicine, music, and color. So this is what we try to prevent, I mean, present, pardon me, here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness to prevent any uh, dilemma that comes before us. And we say any. We, we, we can't say every. But we do say <laughs> there's a source greater than ourselves that will assist us if we just fall back and submit. It's one thing to observe what we're saying. It's one thing to concentrate on what we're saying. But what we're also saying is in order to be healed, in order to properly prepare yourself, there's a level of submission that must take place, observation, concentration, and submission. That's the prescription that's going to help us get through these catastrophes. And so as I pass the mic back on to Brother Rudolph, I do want to say coming up a couple of things happening. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned the, the 100th anniversary of the massacre on Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's coming up next week. And also June 1st begins the hurricane season. And as uh, the hurricanes impacted the United States last year, 
what normally takes place is it leaves the western side of Africa, comes across the Atlantic, and hits the Caribbean and comes up the East Coast. But last year, it almost appeared as though, and then, I mean, not appeared, but what happened was most of the hurricanes or acts of nature, if you will, went through the Caribbean and then toward the Gulf of Mexico, hitting Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas. So gird up your loins, brothers and sisters. Prepare for the hurricane season. And even though it's the 100 year of the Tulsa Massacre, there were other black areas in America at that time as well. Very profitable, if you know our history, whether it was Rosewood in Florida, Wilmington, North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina, and I'm sure there are others I'm not calling right now, but just wanted to put that on the plate for tonight, for today, Brother Rudolph, that our people know, you know, we about to close out for this week going into next week. These are some of the things to consider. Brother Rudolph? Well, I don't know if our brother is, well, I do know he's multitasking. He's always doing that. But uh, can I be heard? Oh, I'm sorry, Brother Yusuf. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, Brother. I apologize. I was just finalizing some stuff here at the garage. All right, y'all. Have a blessed weekend, John. I'll call you. All right. um, Yeah, I'm just getting off. As we always tell the listeners, you know, this this is live radio here. Live radio. This is not staged. It, it's not a uh, um, well. It is scheduled, but it's still live. We're doing whatever it is we normally do while we're doing this. So I'm just getting off of the ambulance. Had a few runs today, um, so I had to come back and clean up the ambulance and get it ready for whoever's going to be on it tonight. Uh, but yeah, you know, we um, you were saying the hundredth anniversary of. Tulsa, Oklahoma is coming up, and, you know, there, there are a lot of things within our history that are going on that we need to be aware of, and if we're not aware of it, shame on us, and we need to make our children aware of the history and the struggles that their great grandparents and great-grandparents have gone through and what people have suffered for them to have the rights that they have now. You know, we're always standing on someone else's shoulders, and we owe a debt that we can never repay. And so we have to constantly find ourselves um, doing things or seeking something in order to be able to put something in society to leave for the next generation so they do not have to start over again. And that's what this ambulance service that I'm in now represents. It is the only black ambulance service in the state of, uh, of Michigan, the only one. And so we're trying to get it to a level where we can employ our people 
in order to respond to and treat our people so that our people will get the respect and dignity that they deserve when they are going through those bad times when they're having the medical crises and you have to call an ambulance for your grandmother, your grandfather, your mother, your aunties. The worst thing in the world is to not be feeling well and then to have to deal with the attitude of someone that comes from outside of your community and is looking down on you and judging you because of the way that you appear to them at the worst possible time in your life. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to teach and train our own people so that our own neighbors can be the ones that we can rely on. As you said, we have to get back to that village adage that um, we grew, that our parents grew up in that it seems has eluded our generation. But, you know, all progress is not necessarily good progress. So we just have to remember that. Sometimes you can go so far away from the center of something till you've lost complete perspective of who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. And that may be where we are as a people at this point. We have so many freedoms and so many gadgets and technology and stuff that we, you know, we ingratiate ourselves with that we have forgotten what really matters. And what really matters is no man is an island. No man stands alone. The strong must bear the infirmities of the weak. And to whom much is given, much is required. Thank the Lord, brother. Yes, sir. For you and your father with the uh, Bedside Volunteer Ambulance Corps and what you're doing there with the ambulance service there, independent as it is with our dear brother who we had on the line uh, a couple of weeks ago. I believe, um, Sister uh, Madea, we have. Sister Ojuba in the studio. Can you let her in the studio? Can I be heard? Yes, Yes, ma'am. As-salamu alaykum, Sister Ojuba. Welcome. Well, alaykum salam. Well, alaykum salam. It's so good to hear both of you. Oh, it's great to hear you, sis. Eid Mubarak. It has been a wonderful Ramadan season. Yes, it is. Dear Kareem. Yes. I, I, I really appreciate what you have um, shared with us, Brother Rudolph, and your experiences and the, um, you know, your background in emergency and health services, um, just a wealth of information. And I want to say to Brother Yusuf, when you were talking about lyrics, this morning on the prayer line, the song Black Butterfly was played. Oh, I just want to read, it's not too much, but I'd just like to read this to um, our listening uh, family. Uh, It's the chorus, and it says, Let the current lift 
your heart and send it soaring. Write the timeless message clear across the sky so Hmm. that all can read it and remember when we need it that a dream conceived in truth can never die. Never die. Butterfly. And then it goes on to say, because now that you're free and the world has come to see just how beautiful you are. And we have to see ourselves in that light because we are some beautiful folks. And yes, I we are. Thank you, sis. Yes, ma'am. As usual, you are right on point. <laughs> we'll take the seat to a lot. Man. Beautiful, beautiful. Tell our children. Thank Tell you, sister children. Juba. That's right. Beautiful. Black butterfly. Take care. Salam alaikum. Black butterfly. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you, sir. Yes. Oh, man, that's beautiful. That was beautiful. That was right on time. See, now you got me. I, I'm going to listen to the song. Huh. Oh, yeah. It's very seldom that Brother Rudolph and I are speechless, as you know. But you can just <laughs> drop the mic and, you know. Right, and just walk off like, the stage. Right. I'd hip hop impresario say thanks for coming out. God bless and good night. That's all. Right. That's right. All. That was the closing act right there. <laughs> Turn out the lights so when you leave. Sister Juba, if you're still there, and thank you for sharing that, that beautiful lyric yeah. because that is healing. Um, what what else is it that's on your mind based on what you heard today or maybe what you've been experiencing and um, communicating. You know, for those of us who experience fasting and Ramadan, we become more sensitive to what we hear, what we see, what we smell, what we experience. Um, What is it from your vantage point, Sister Ajuba, that we need to be concerned about today relative to disaster preparedness or anything that we discussed uh, this evening that you heard? Well, I, I, w- I will speak for myself, all praises due to Allah, and if it applies to others, that will be well. This um, Ramadan, I really worked, and I think it's so important that I continue to work on patience. Oh. And mm. to be able to understand that if you put the question out there for Allah and your patience, Allah will answer the question for you and give you the direction. But we have to be patient. We can't, right. Well, you know, once we put it out there, we have to leave it alone. And and it's just amazing how Allah will answer for us what it is that we need to know. And as you know, I work with children, and they are such beautiful spirits. I mean, they're just a huge canvas, and you can impress them and imprint good things for them. Mm -hmm. They need to know how powerful they are. They need to know from whence they come, and they need to know who they are. That's That's what I think we have to do for our children. They don't always know from whence they come. They just popped up in their ear. Right. But we have to really, really help them understand how powerful they are 
and the fact that we are going to be passing the baton to them. They have they have work to do. In a few short That's days, too. Yes, ma'am. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us and our listening audience. And if the truth be told, some of their parents don't even know. You understand yeah. how powerful yeah. they are. So we That's have right. to impact, you know, everybody, all all generations, but particularly uh, the future generations because, again, you know, in order for us to gain the victory, and victory is ours, but we owe it to the young people to show them that victory is theirs as well. And we know that by teaching them knowledge of self and who the all-wise, true, and living God is that we give them the power to be victorious. So thank you so much for sharing that. And a friendly reminder, reminder, COVID, COVID number 19, ID number 19, Chosen One's Victory, ID number, Allah gave it to me right in the beginning of COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beautiful. That's who we, that's who we are, with the Chosen One. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wa alaikum Beautiful. It's high science in that, Brother Rudolph, that 19. Oh, yes, sir. That 19. And what Man. I was going to say about patience, you know, that seems to be a, a, a thread for me personally today as well, Sister Ajuba. Uh, occasionally I will go bowling with the elders that like to bowl. And, you know, in order for you to be successful in rolling that ball down there and hitting the head pin and knocking as many pins down as possible, getting a spare or a strike, you have to have precision. You right. have to have accuracy. And all today I was saying as I was approaching that line before I rolled the ball down the lane, I said it's about patience and posture. You got to be patient in order to roll that ball down the same way, the same way, you know, effectively the right. same time. And your posture has to be right. See, if your spine is not aligned with the divine, if your mind is not aligned with the divine, that ball goes every which way but the right way because your posture is off. Every time I approach the line today, Sister Juba, I was saying, approach it with patience and And proper posture. So when you said patience, thank Allah, and we know the Quran says, seek Allah's assistance. Through patience and prayer, that is hard, except for the humble one. Thank you, That's Sister right. Juba. We love you. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, I was trying to get in touch with someone from that, that uh, attended the retreat. Can't get in touch with anybody. I guess either they're still bunkered down or they're tuckered out. One out of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. One right. of the two is definitely right. So, inshallah, um, we'll speak to them this week and see if we can get an um, a update, inshallah. And just to throw this out there, the first week, the first Friday in June, I don't know what the date is, but the first Friday in June, we're going to be doing a special show dealing with child abuse and or child neglect. 
what the definitions of the two are, the signs of both, how to be able to recognize them, and then we'll talk about some of the resources that are out here for the victims of child abuse or neglect. And we will have a subject matter expert on the line, someone who is very well prepared intellectually, spiritually, morally, and ethically to talk about this um, disorder, this situation, this syndrome. Now, that really is a syndrome. Um and can help to guide us toward the best practices in order to do this thing in our communities. So I just wanted to throw that out there. The first Friday in June, she will be on here, and God willing, next week we'll announce it again, and we'll announce who it will be. Yes, that first Friday is June 4th. So put okay. that on your calendars, uh, brother, sisters. June fourth is the first Friday where we'll have be blessed uh, to go into that subject with that subject matter expert. Thank you, thank you, thank you, brother Rudolph, for, for bringing that up. Praise be to Allah. Well, yeah, brothers sure. and sisters, we're entering the last ten minutes of this week's program. Certainly, uh, you have the opportunity to come into the studio by pressing star one or uh, one and come into your phone pad. I forgot congratulations to uh, Sister Commissioner Nance Holt, the first black woman to become the commissioner of the Chicago Fire Department. Wow. She just sworn in two days ago. Big. That's big. Oh, that's big. Yes, sir. Shout out to Sister Annette Nance Holt. Beautiful sister. Shout out to Brother Chief Reggie Freeman, formerly of Hartford, Connecticut, just got appointed to Oakland, California. We got to connect him with Brother William. Brother, Brother William, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Brother brother, brother Reggie Freeman just got appointed to Oakland. And shout out to Brother Chief uh, Mike Washington, who just got appointed to the Cincinnati Fire Department as the chief. So okay. uh, we're grateful. Yeah, we're grateful that uh, our dear sister Annette and the two brothers, Brother Reggie Freeman in Oakland and Brother Chief Reggie Freeman and Brother Chief Mike Washington in Cincinnati, let's keep them in our prayers. Good thoughts and great vibrations for them because right. it's not easy. It's not easy. Trust and believe, you know. So we're just grateful for those uh, major appointments, all of them members of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters and former students and instructors of the Dr. Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute down in Dillard University. And because of the COVID in this past year, um, EDI, as it is affectionately known, are doing uh, courses online. Everything seems to be Zooming online uh during this season yes, but um yeah we we i'm glad i got a chance to to say that about them um 
that's that's major. I mean, at the same time, the struggle continues. Luther Continua, the North Carolina, I think it's Winston Salem. They're firing, or excuse me, they're suing their chief over racism. The black firefighters there, you know, um, the more things change, the more unfortunately they remain the same. You see, you know, when we talk about the COVID, um, it's one thing that we get the reports uh, in America and they'll throw in globally, but at the same time, the last statistics and data coming out of the United Kingdom, you know, that uh, are taking the Pfizer, the AstraZeneca, and the Moderna vaccines, 100 and, excuse me, 1,047 dead, 725,079 reported injuries following the COVID-19 experimental vaccines. That's what's reported in the United Kingdom. So, uh, you know, two countries, Norway and Denmark, have now completely halted injections, COVID shots by AstraZeneca, right, according to the Norwegian Institute of Public Health, that the AstraZeneca experimental shots are associated with a higher risk of injury and death than right. the COVID virus. Ah, other countries have also temporarily halted AstraZeneca shots while they review safety data. But the UK has never halted injecting people with the shot, causing fatal blood clots and reported events of death and injuries following the AstraZeneca shots. So uh, just just giving you a little international news and, you know, the choice is yours, as Brother Rudolph said. You see? But we're not taking it because right. it's experimental. Number one, number two is the history, and number three, you just take your pick. The life you save may be your own, as my father used to say, and to teach us to touch a life forever. So, again, we thank Sister Juba for calling in because she's an educator and she takes seriously uh, the children being up under her authority, as we all should. Take very serious. If we're talking about generational wealth, what good are you making all these investments and accruing all this do-re-mi, all this, you know, metals and coins and more power to you, to us? But remember, as Brother Rudolph said, to whom much is given, much is required. And if we don't teach the next generation the value of currency, then guess what? It probably won't last long. Right. See? 30 days, and then here we go. And then <laughs> here we go. Another disaster. Right. So let's make our children aware. Disaster awareness for community preparedness. That's you know, right. Let's build that foundation. Continue to build our foundation. How strong is it? Can we survive? Well, it depends on your observation concentration and submission it depends on you having the right heart which means sensitivity and courage in order to move forward in this mad world we're living in you see but there's a bright side 
Somewhere. You got a lot for my co-host, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, and his wife and his family. We thank yes, Almighty sir. God Allah for Black Hole Radio and That's their right. family, both nuclear and extended family. Because if nothing else, you're talking about healing. All it takes for us is about five or ten minutes before the show begins. Oh, we're laughing man. and we talking about <laughs> yes, sir. life-threatening incidents. But, you know, because we know from week to week, Allah is blessing us to be out there. In the wilderness right. of North America, and the root of wilderness is wild. <laughs> right we out there in the wild. So when we can come together and just give each other the greetings of peace, and we say <laughs> how's your family, and we say everybody is well, which really means we all dysfunctional, but right. we know who the doctor is and the right prescription. What a blessing when we can get on the Fajr prayer line, Sister Juba, every morning and get our dose. The real spiritual injection will right, come to together the day. once a week on on disaster awareness for community or whatever it is you do for healing. You know, inshallah, I'm about to get my granddaughters for a couple of weeks and oh, I messed around yeah, and bought a piano. Healing. Oh, that's healing, brother. Now, I don't know. Huh. Yeah, that's healing. That's right. That's right. Just to see their smiling faces, their bright oh, eyes. Man. I can't wait to get Popeye. my granddaughters Yes, sir. But I brought a piano, Brother Rudolph, like I can play. I can't oh, play. Right. No, I know music. Listen, I know music. Listen, build the mousetrap and the mice will come. <laughs> Look, this summer, if it be the will of Allah, we're going to put a concert together. <laughs> right. That's All it. four of us. Corel being 10 years old, Blessing being seven, and Alima Mecca being, she's not even one yet. She'll be one, I guess, while she's with us, she'll turn one. But we all going to get on those keys and just let the sound heal us. You That's understand? right. It's 88 different keys. You can make a melody out of them. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. So, look, we're in the last two minutes, Brother Rudolph. What a beautiful time to get together again and to uh, thank Almighty God for the opportunity to share with our listening audience that which we were blessed to share in these past two hours, I thank all of you for your listening, for your prayers, for your understanding. I'm going to fall back, and Lord willing, I'll see you. We'll see you next week, same stop, same time, same station, and I'll let my yes, dear sir. brother, Brother Rudolph, close us out. Love you. Assalamu Love you too, brother. Waalaikum salam. Thank you. And I'm going to just say this. We hear all over the news that, this, uh, you know, uh, the CDC and all of them making these decisions that you can take the mask off now and all of this. I, I, I now do what you want to do. But as for me and my house, mm. we're going to listen to what the man of God said. I, ain't, I didn't hear the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan say take your mask off yet, so our mask ain't coming off. And we ain't still... Right ain't going in the assembly of the ungodly. We still gonna keep social distancing. We're still wearing our masks and gonna be washing our hands and taking our precautions. Um because God didn't say do this. Man said do it. And we know everything mm. that man has said to do has not ended up very well for those who have followed. So 
you know, a, 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 a word to the wise it should be sufficient. Um, next week, inshallah, we'll be um, broadcasting live, and that will be right before the Memorial Day weekend, which we know everywhere is the kickoff of the summer season all over. And so now people are told that they don't have to wear masks just before summer kicks off. So get get ready for the super spreader events to um, turn up in every city, in every state. But I would just um, caution those of you who are of sound mind and sound body and who follow the man of God and trying to live a righteous life, I would just urge you to listen and find yourself where he tells you to be, find yourself doing whatever he has told you to do, and find yourself staying away from wherever he has warned us to stay away from. He's guiding us this far through this pandemic, and if we listen to him, he will guide us clearly through and get us to the other side where we need to be. So those who believe, believe. Those who don't, don't. Um, But you will. You will be held accountable for your thoughts and your deeds in a very few short days. So keep the faith, keep hope alive, and stay socially distant from the crowd. That's the best advice I can give. I love you all. May Allah continue to bless us until we meet again, as they say in the church. God be with you until we meet again. Brother Yusuf, give the greetings to the family for me and my family. And inshallah, we'll be speaking um, this week to get prepared for next week's show. Sister Medea, thank you so much for orchestrating us today, engineering us, and keeping us connected. We appreciate you. We love you. We are proud of you. And with all of our nieces and nephews who are in the colleges and universities seeking higher education and knowledge, we are proud of you. You are gods. You are children of the Most High God. There's nothing that you cannot do. All we urge you to do is stay focused on who you are, stay connected to who you are connected to, and the sky is the limit because a new world has to come into reality, and you should be the organizers and the architects of that new world under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Beautiful.
So oh. 